You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us here for a special postcast edition of the show. BYU beat St. Mary's 81-79. to Good night all the way around for the BYU Athletic Department. A win for BYU men's volleyball. BYU football picks up a grad transfer running back. So a lot to recap on a special postcast edition as we recap BYU's thrilling 81-79 win over the St. Mary's Gales. Let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for February 1st, 2020, special postcast edition. Let's go. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast. This is a special postcast, shortened edition of the show, but BYU picks up an 81-79 victory over the St. Mary's Gales Saturday night, and TJ Hawes. 25-ish foot three-pointer with 7.5 seconds to go. Puts BYU into the lead. St. Mary's comes back down the court. Jordan Ford misses. It rims out a a patented runner for him. Uh, The ensuing scramble. sees another shot put up, but Zach Sellius blocks it and gets the rebound, and BYU seals a big-time win for themselves over the St. Mary's Gales. I don't think you can say enough about how big this win is for BYU. I feel like it almost feels like it might have clinched BYU as an at-large team to get into the NCAA tournament as an at-large team. Uh, No, I just kind of repeated myself, so apologies, it's late. But I I look at this, and I think that that win showed how uh, resilient this BYU basketball program has been all year long. They're now 17-7 on the season, 6-3 in West Coast Conference play, tied with the Gales for second place behind Gonzaga. And it looks very much like the West Coast Conference is going to have three NCAA tournament teams based on what I'm seeing right now. Uh, six weeks from tonight or uh, tomorrow, I guess, when, depending when you listen to this, we should have the brackets in hand. We should have the, all of the NCAA selection committee should have made their decisions. And I will be stunned if between now and then we don't see all three West Coast Conference behemoths, speaking of Gonzaga, who's ranked number two in the country currently, St. Mary's, and then BYU. If we don't see all three of them make the NCAA tournament field, you have to you would have to assume an injury struck one of these programs or multiple injuries struck these programs programs and they suffered some losses that would just you can't accept if you're the NCAA selection committee so solid solid win for BYU basketball I don't think enough can be said of what they did uh Yoli Childs had a big night despite playing just 22 minutes due to foul trouble he tallied 19 points in the win TJ Hawes just a monster monster outing and you gotta give credit to St. Mary's as well Jordan Ford came out and uh, put up 13 points in the what the first four minutes of the game and then after that he was essentially shut down and that's a credit to Connor Harding and Zach Selyus uh, Mark Pope noted in the post game who would have thought when Zach Selya signed with BYU as a sharpshooting swingman out of northern Utah that he would be your defensive stopper in a way for BYU as a senior? I wouldn't have guessed that. I don't think many people would have guessed that. But credit to him and Connor Harding. They came in and helped lock down St. Mary's, their best players on the night. Malik Fitz, by the way. Monster outing, 29 points, but he does foul out with 4 minutes and 36 seconds to go. He garnered three quick fouls in succession in the third, in the second half, they're not the third quarter, the second half of that game. And, and, and TJ Haas, to his credit, 
pumped, uh, made a pump fake. Malik Fitz goes up in the air and knows he's been fooled. So TJ Haas takes full advantage and jumps into him and gets the foul. So Malik Fitz is out of the game. I think that was a massive, massive development to get BYU the ball. Uh, let TJ Haas. The funny thing is, it wasn't called as a shooting foul. It wasn't the three point three shots for TJ Haas. It was called as a common foul and ended up with being in the bonus, just a one and one for Haas. But monster to have a guy like Malik Fitz who had just been feeling it all night long. Like I said, a game-high 29 points for him in this one, despite missing the last, what, four minutes and 30-ish seconds of this contest. That was a key moment for BYU. I also felt like in the second half, uh, St. Mary's had an opportunity to go up eight, and Jake Toulson blocks a Jordan Ford uh, layup attempt, and it turns into a bucket for Yoli Childs on the other end. That four-point swing... I think really got BYU back into this game because had they gone down by eight and if that lead extends for St. Mary's, that's when BYU could have folded up shop and really have suffered what would have been a disappointing loss on their home court. So massive, massive credit to the BYU basketball program in this game. St. Mary's came in. Of course, these two teams, speaking of BYU and St. Mary's, among the best three-point shooting teams in the country, and they didn't disappoint in that regard. St. Mary's shoots 10 of 20 from beyond the arc, 50% for those of you keeping track at home. BYU, to their own credit, shoots 45.5% from three. And my overall thought on this game was, what a game it was. It was a ton of fun. If you did not enjoy watching that basketball game, you don't like good basketball. I thought it was a clean game, well officiated by and large. The officials let the game really flow, didn't necessarily chop it up due to over-whistling everything in this game. Both teams hitting big shot after big shot, uh, trading blows back and forth, and the final blow was landed by TJ Hawes on that big three. So, Massive, massive win for BYU. Like like I said, I feel like that win right there, I think, pretty much locks up BYU's at-large hopes, barring them suffering some losses, let's say, like next Thursday at Portland. You lose that game. Okay, well, everything you did up in the lead-up to that game, you pretty much just got undone. But as it stands right now, I will be stunned if BYU is not dancing come March, and I, you have to think that they're on track for that. So congratulations to Mark Pope and his squad. Here's hoping that Jake Toulson, who injured his ankle in this game, but did come back in about four minutes later in the first half. He heals up nicely. I uh, was seen in a boot after the game walking around, but I would I would expect that's probably more of a preventive preventative measure to protect that ankle, make sure he gets as healthy as possible in the lead-up to the Portland game. BYU scheduled next week, for those of you wondering. BYU is at Portland, taking on the Pilots Thursday night at 8 o'clock Mountain Time, then they come right back home to face off against San Francisco in the Marriott Center at 7 o'clock on Saturday. So, big week ahead for BYU. Should pick up two wins. Should be at 19-7 and seven come this time next week. That is at least the hope. Now, one other note before before we go on the special postcast edition, I want to switch gears and talk some BYU football for a minute here and talk about the, the commitment of Devontae Henry Cole, the grad transfer running back from Utah, or is he a grad transfer? Very interesting situation. I would expect that he's going to be a grad transfer at some point, but as it stands right now, he is in the NCAA transfer portal, but important to note, uh, according to my sources, he is not listed as a graduate transfer in the NCAA portal. And that doesn't mean that he can't graduate and be a grad transfer and be immediately eligible at BYU. He probably has classes to finish up at the University of Utah before he's able to graduate and become that grad transfer. So I I just kind of look at the situation 
situation and just wonder about that. But in terms of just the player that BYU has landed, I think he is a great back to add to the room for BYU. He's got home run speed, the ability to rely on some unique athleticism that BYU probably hasn't had in that running back room in a little while. Tyson Williams was a different type of back than Devontae Henry Cole is, but I think Henry Cole has an opportunity to really be an impact guy for BYU. Do I think he is the bell cow back that can take every carry similar to Tyson Williams a year ago? I don't think so. I still think BYU needs to chase another grad transfer running back who, yeah, is more in the mold of Emmanuel Asupa or Tyson Williams, can kind of take more of the pounding, a bigger back. I know that Devontae Henry Cole, or DHC as some people like to call him, is listed at 5'11", 196 in the Utah roster. There's not a chance he's 5'11". If he's 5'11", I'm 6'3", and I'm, both of those are bold-faced lies. But he's probably closer to 5'8", uh, 5'9", and 190, 195 pounds. Not too, out of the realm of possibility, but I do like his game. He has athleticism. He suffered some injuries. Has not been fully healthy, it feels like, for an entire year while at Utah. And you hope that once he gets to BYU, he has the season he's expecting to have. Uh, I was surprised that the commitment came as fast as it did because I had heard that Utah State was very much in the mix for him. Uh, He is a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For those of you who may not know that, he joined the church while at Utah. He's a native of Southern Florida, I believe Miami area, St. Thomas Aquinas or Aquinas High School, I think Aquinas High School down there in the Miami area. He joined the church. uh, Former Utah star Chase Hansen baptized Devontae Henry Cole into the church. So he is a member. He's got a girlfriend that was going to Utah State, and that made some think that the Aggies may get his signature, but he is committed to BYU, and I think this is a fantastic pickup for BYU. Like I said, just my thought is I don't think he is the bell cow every down back that BYU kind of craves, a guy like Tyson Williams before he got injured last year, that type of player. I don't think that's what DHC is, but he can be a very effective weapon for BYU out of the backfield, catching passes, picking up tough yardage in, on third down situations. I think he can be a nice weapon for the Cougars. And like I said, he has a type of athleticism BYU doesn't see very often at the running back position. So I think it's a fantastic pickup there. So big night for both BYU basketball and football. We'll talk more about this on the Monday edition of the show. Uh, if By the time you hear this, it might be that TJ Haas is a father. And by the way, that's a funny situation. The kid hits a game-winning shot. Congratulations to him. And then the post-game uh, press conference says, yeah, as soon as I leave here, I'm going with my wife to the hospital. She's going to be induced, and I'm going to welcome my son into the world. It's a touching, touching tribute uh, in the post-game uh, media session. He said that his thought when he hit that big shot that eventually led to BYU's win, that's for you, man, was the quote. Uh, speaking of his soon-to-be-born son, any person who's had a had a child, uh, most of you listening to this podcast, I would expect, are parents, and you can think back to that. And just kind of a wild uh, turn of events where TJ Haas hits a game winner and hours later is going to welcome his first son into the world. It's a fantastic, fantastic weekend for the Haas family, and congratulations to them in advance. All right, that'll do it for this edition, the special postcast edition, as BYU beats St. Mary's 81-79 to and also picks up a commitment from Devontae Henry Cole. Uh, BYU men's volleyball also stays undefeated on the year, the number two ranked team in the country. Fun weekend if you're a BYU sports fan, so hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We'll have more of a full recap for you on Monday's edition of the show, so we will talk to you then. This has been Locked on Cougars, special postcast edition for February 1st, 2020. Talk to you soon.